to begin with, I would uh, first of all like to thank our pastor Dan for opening the doors of your church and for inviting us to be here in your midst at this uh, West gathering. And uh, I also want to thank Pastor Reverend uh, Rogers for all his love and for his uh, uh, hospitality. And I want to uh, thank many people, all the pastors over here. Actually, I'm so humbled to stand before all of you because there are so many learned and so many experienced pastors over here. Uh, I just thank God for choosing me to bring God's word to you this morning. Uh, I also want to thank uh, Brother Tom and his dear wife, Debbie, who have been so kind to pick us from the airport and to take care of all our stay. May God uh, bless them abundantly, and I'm so happy to see all of you, uh, and I pray that the Lord will bless each one of you too. Uh, before we go into the word, I would just like to bow our heads in a word of prayer, because we know that it was the Lord's uh, habit, as the word says, it was his custom to come into the synagogue every Sabbath, and he was reading the Bible. Uh, he was reading God's word. So I believe that the Lord is in our midst even today because he's the same God yesterday, today, and forever. He loves to meet his children, and he wants to talk to us. He wants to fellowship with us this morning. So let us just commit ourselves uh, into his hands, and we pray that it would be he who speaks to us no matter who stands on the pulpit here. It is God, the Holy Spirit, who ministers to our hearts. So I just uh, submit myself and give myself into the care of the Holy Spirit that he would speak to you and he would cater to your needs this morning. So shall we just uh, bow down our heads for a moment in prayer. Father, gracious and loving Father, we give you glory and thanks and honor and praise for keeping us alive to be able to worship you. There are many people who did not see this morning, but it is only your love and your mercy that has kept us alive. Lord, we come into your house. We have gathered as a family, though we come from different uh, walks of life, from different parts of the world. We are all cleansed and we are all united by your blood. We are your children. We are one family, Lord. We give you glory and we give you thanks. Lord, at this time, we pray, Lord Jesus, we just open our hearts and we pray, Holy Spirit, that you will minister to our hearts. You know what each and every one of us needs, oh Father God. Yes, Lord, we trust and believe in the word that says, man shall not live by bread alone but by the word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Yes, Lord, we live, we survive. We have our being only because of you, Lord. Lord Jesus, we pray, breathe fresh upon us this morning. Let the Holy Spirit fall upon us in a fresh way, O oh Father God, with a mighty anointing. Lord Jesus, we are all here with various needs, with various hurts and various kinds of aches and pains. Uh, some of us are hurting physically. 
Some of us are hurting emotionally, and some of us are broken spiritually. Lord, you are able to meet all our needs. So we lift up our hearts, and we pray, O oh God, that you would do only what you can do, Lord. I'm only your handmaiden. I'm your servant. I'm standing here on your behalf. Take me completely under your control and meet the needs of your people and bless them today, Lord Jesus. Father, they kept all their other uh, activities, all their other responsibilities aside, and they have come to your house to listen to you, to worship you. Father, they should not go back the way they have come. They should be blessed. They should be revived. They should be transformed, and they should be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. Lord, we pray that you will do your awesome work in our midst this morning. We commit this time into your loving hands. Bless the word that is going to be communicated, that is going to be preached this morning. You speak to us and bless us, Lord. We ask all this in the mighty name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Well, back home, we have the habit of preaching for an hour or more than that. But <laughs> I assure you, I'm not going to do that this morning. <laughs> I won't frighten you with that. But as long as the Holy Spirit wants to speak to us, we just allow him to cater to our uh, spiritual needs. Uh, as I was waiting upon the Lord, asking him what, I should, uh, what word I should be sharing this morning, uh, I was inspired. I was led to the uh, verses in Joshua chapter 5, verses 1 to 6. I'm sure you have read the Bible many times and you know what the context is. In Joshua chapter 3, the Israelites are standing uh, at, the, uh, at the point of just crossing over into the promised land, the land which God had told them, had promised to give them many, many years ago. Uh, it was like from the time that the Lord led them out of uh, Egypt from the bondage till the time they came to Jordan. It has taken them quite a long time. It has been almost 40 uh, odd years. Now, the journey from Egypt to Canaan or Canaan where God wanted to take his children was a journey of only 11 days. Now, what took them 40 years? What took them 40 years? That's a question we should ask because many times in our spiritual journey, God wants us to reach certain spiritual uh, experiences or to receive certain blessings in a very short time. But it takes a long time for us to reach to that point or we are just going in circles the way the people of Israel were going around. That was because they did not catch or they did not get to the heart of God. What is it that God wants from us? It was only what I want from God. They were always asking him for food. They were asking him to get them out of all the troubles that they were getting into. They really did not understand that God had a great and wonderful plan and purpose for their lives. That is the reason he brought them out of Egypt and he was leading them to a land of blessing. But it took so long for them to inherit that blessing. Now, after so many long years of traveling, now they have come to Jordan and it's time for them to cross over to that promised land, to the 
blessing that they have been waiting for so many years, and still Jordan was not allowing them to cross over. And then they're, uh, you know, uh, at a, a crossroads, they are again wondering what they've got to do. Blessings are right there, but they're unable to inherit them or to uh, get hold of them. It is at that time when the Lord tells to Joshua, can we just read uh, Joshua chapter 3 and verse 5? It says, Joshua said to the people, sanctify yourselves for tomorrow Yahweh will do wonders among you. Now that's a very wonderful and a very powerful word. When we stand at a place where we don't know what to do, how do we cross over? That is a sign for a problem in our life. So what is God telling the Israelites to do? Through their journey, they have seen God doing great miracles. They didn't have to put in any effort. God said, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, or stand still and see the power of God Almighty. Yes, there are certain situations in our life when the Lord says, you just stand still. You don't do anything. You just be calm, and I'm going to do the work for you. But at other times, there are situations in our life when the Lord says, sanctify yourselves, and then you're going to see the wonders. Then you're going to uh, inherit the miracle, the blessing that I have prepared for you, that I have uh, really uh, kept in store for you. So when God tells this, we are standing at a point when God is telling us to sanctify ourselves if we want to see a miracle, if you want to see a wonder that is uh, before us. Now, how many of you sitting here or uh, the uh, people watching online, you may be waiting for a miracle, for a wonder to happen, for a breakthrough to happen in your life. The Lord is speaking to us today and he's saying, sanctify yourself and I'm going to let you see the wonder. I'm going to let you have the breakthrough. So here, this word or this is a command, sanctify yourself. Now to whom was, to whom does this command apply. Irrespective of who there is, it means to everybody who was gathered there at, uh, before crossing Jordan. There were young people, there were children, they were grown up, there were old people, there were men, there were women, they may have been rich people, poor people, they may have been very intelligent people, very, um, you know, not so intelligent people. They may have been very beautiful, handsome, strong people. They may be very plain people. It doesn't matter who we are, from what background we have come. But this command is for everybody. Sanctify yourself. Make yourself holy. Set yourself apart. Because only then the Lord can show to the world that he is doing something in and through your lives. He wants the world to know that we are his people. We are a chosen people. We are a special people. How will the world know if we are not set apart? If we are like anybody else, if we are into the world, if we do everything that the people in the world do, if we do everything that the people who don't know Jesus as their Savior are doing, then how will they know that we are set apart? How will they know that we are a special people? 
God's plan and purpose has always been to do great things for his people and through his people. That is why he wants us to be set apart. He wants us to live a holy life. Now we know that uh, when we read about Joseph, we know how wonderfully he was blessed. From a pit he was raised to uh, reach the heights of a palace. That was possible because he knew how to set himself apart. In the midst of all the situation that was against him, he knew how to keep himself holy. He knew how to stay, uh, uh, you know, uh, live a life that would glorify his God. He knew that when nobody else was watching him, God was watching him. He was caring for him. So that commitment made him great. This, in a similar way, when we read about Daniel, we know he was in a land that, that did not belong uh, to God's people when he was in Babylon, uh, where people worshipped all kinds of gods. He kept himself holy. He set himself apart. He did not want to get defiled by the things that were around him. So this is what the Lord expects from us. That is why God was able to reveal to him great and mighty mysteries. He was able to talk to him, communicate to him in a way nobody else was able to communicate with the Lord. Today, if you are desiring to have a fellowship, to have a communication with the Lord in a way that as beyond all what others are doing, you know, to have a very close uh, co uh, contact with the Lord, to receive mysteries, to understand spiritual things, we need to be set apart. When we set apart ourselves, now setting apart, you might ask me, how can I do that? Uh, it's very simple. The thing is, we need to take time to be with the Lord. Set, keep all the other things aside and take time to be with the Lord. Our God is a living God. He talks with us. He walks with us. He communicates with us. So when we make a decision and say, Lord, I want to spend some time with you. I want to talk to you and I want to listen to you. So that is when the Lord will help us to, uh, you know, sometimes it's really difficult when we say, I want to set time apart, many things will pressurize us. Things that were not there will come up. Problems that were not there will pop up. And they, uh, you know, are a challenge for us. But when we decide that we are going to spend some time with the Lord and we set apart that time, uh, we should be committed to it. And God will honor the time that we set apart with Him. Sometimes fasting helps if we can restrict ourselves from even food and sleep and maybe other activities and, you know, give God that exclusive time, it would be really wonderful because more than doing good to the Lord, it, it does a lot of good to us. You know, we are refined, we are cleansed, we are filled with the uh, Holy Spirit, which gives us strength, it gives us wisdom to handle the problems, the challenges that we have in our lives. Whatever challenge it may be, maybe it's a physical thing that you're uh, uh, facing, it may be some sickness, it may be uh, any issue that has been with you for a long time, or it may be an emotional uh, thing that is going on in your life. It may be your family situation. It may be a broken relationship. 
be it with uh, the husband and wife, or be it with your children, be it with your other family members, the Lord is able to rectify all of them, or it may be a financial uh, problem that you're going through, it may concern your job, it may concern your colleagues or your boss, whatever problem, whatever challenges that you're facing, just bring that before the throne of uh, God, and He will deal with it. He knows best because even as we were singing the song, the worship songs, we said, bring all your failures, bring all your addictions, whatever you're struggling with, bring them all to the uh, throne of grace, bring them to the cross, and the blood of Jesus is more powerful than all our problems, all our sickness, and all the struggles that we are facing in life. He will be with us. He will help us to overcome all the challenges that are before us. Now, here was Jordan before these people, uh, before the Israelites. And let me uh, draw your attention to another thing. It says, the Israelites waited there for three days. Now, just imagine, what were they doing there for three days when they were uh, staying, when they were, had halted there, when they were resting there before the uh, river? What they were watching is that the river was flowing even more full. It was flooding. The Bible says it was spring rain and harvest time. So it was raining more heavily. And remember, as long as the three days that they were staying there, waiting on the Lord, wondering what to do, how to cross over, things did not become easy. They became more difficult. It was not drying up. It was not making way for them to cross over, but it was becoming full. It was flooding even with greater force. And in a, if you and I were in that situation, or if we were just trying to solve the problem in a human way, we might have considered how do I build a bridge, or how do I do something to cross over this uh, river, or do I build a raft or a boat or something like that to cross over. But let me tell you, the 40 years that the Israelites had traveled was not in vain. They had learned one thing, and that was to trust in the Lord. Not to trust in their wisdom, how to solve their problems. They did not cry up to the Lord. They did not complain, Lord, what is this? Why is this river flooding like this? Why is it becoming worse day after day? No, there was nothing like that from them. They were having only one thing in their heart, and that was their trust in the Lord. They knew that if they just waited upon the Lord, He will do something for them. It was not their problem, it was the Lord's problem. When He's taking care of His children, whatever troubles Him, troubles His children, troubles the Lord even more. Amen? Hallelujah. Do you believe that? Yes. Whatever troubles you, troubles the Lord. Whatever hurts you, hurts the Lord even more. He's our Father. He has redeemed us with His blood. Even when we were sinners, when we hated Him, when we were enemies to Him, He loved us. How much more will He love us when we are His children, isn't it? When we see our children hurting, it hurts us more than our own problems, our own uh, sickness. It's the same thing with our Heavenly Father. He hurts when you are hurting. He sees your tears. He shed tears when you shed tears. So maybe uh, when you're alone, it may be in the middle of the night when nobody is seeing, you are awake, you are unable to sleep, you're crying, and you're weeping, and you're asking God to uh, help you out. Remember, the Lord will not leave you alone. He's with you. 
he will show you a way out. So even as the children of uh, Israel, they did not know what the solution was. They did not know how they are going to cross the river, but they just waited upon the Lord. And the Lord said, you sanctify yourself. You make yourself pure. Once again, wait upon me. Uh, make a decision that you are not, after you have crossed Jordan, you will not mingle with those people. You will not adopt their ways of life, but you will set apart your lives and you will live for my glory and I'm going to do wonders in your midst. That was God's plan for their lives. And so even after three days of uh, seeing the river flooding so much, they were able to see God's miracle happening there. And how did that happen? There's a way that God's miracles happen. And the uh, secret to that also is in the same scripture portion that we have read. Uh, the Bible tells us, Joshua told them, before you step into the river, the Levites, they are going to carry the Ark of the Covenant and they are going to step in first. That means that God's people, when they prayerfully, when they have set themselves apart and they step into the problems, when they step into challenges, God's word says the moment they put their foot into the river, the river parted. The flow that was so, uh, uh, you know, so intense, it just, uh, you know, stood up as a wall. The, actually, the river is flowing like this. And when, as soon as the Levites, the priests, stepped in carrying the Ark of the Covenant, the waters just stood there. It just stopped there. And the river, the water that was flowing in the rest of the thing, that also stopped, you know, making way for God's people to pass over. And what does the Ark of the Covenant stand for? You know that it, it stands for the presence of the Lord God Almighty. So he will step into your problems and he will part all that has been threatening you, all that has been challenging you, all that has been uh, terrifying you. He will part it all. It's the presence of the Lord that will make a difference in your life. So as the Levites, they stepped in, it parted, and God's people were able to cross over. So before I wind up, as I was saying, setting ourselves apart is very important. Uh, I just read a small illustration. I thought that was uh, very meaningful. Uh, it so happened that once a shepherd, he went out into the market and he got some sheep. Uh, when anybody buys or, you know, they own sheep, what they would do is they build a fence around it, you know, to keep it safe. So he put the sheep into the sheepfold, and uh, as the days uh, went by, a couple of days he saw that some of the sheep, they had broken the fence, and they had gone out, and they were trying to graze the grass or the plants that were outside the fence, so the shepherd, he was a very nice person. So he, he thought he understood the mind of his sheep. He said, maybe my sheep are relishing the plants and the grass that is outside the fence. So let me include that. So he removed the fence. He widened the fence so that the sheep would be able to graze in a uh, bigger land. 
So he uh, just expanded the sheepfold and he made it comfortable for the sheep. But after a few days, he saw that they had again broken the fence and they went out and they were grazing outside the fence. So when this record, when this happened again and again, the shepherd felt a little disheartened and then he said, I'm not going to uh, repair the fence anymore. I'm not going to uh, fix it again because the sheep, no matter how much I love them, I'm making things comfortable for them. They are crossing their borders. They're going out. So he just let go. But in a couple of days, what he saw was that uh, uh, wolves had stolen in and uh, maybe some other uh, animals of prey, they had come and they had killed some of the sheep. So when he saw this, he was really hurt. What we understand from this illustration is that the Good Shepherd, our Lord Jesus Christ, he has put some boundaries for us. He wants us to stay within because he wants us to be protected. He wants us to be safe. But when we say, I want to go out, I think there are other things more pleasurable, more entertaining outside. He sometimes, you know, he lets us go. He widens our borders. He removes those boundaries and he says, okay, I'll let you uh, be comfortable. But if we move beyond, if we make that a habit of crossing the border or the limits that the Lord has set upon our lives, because many times we think being Christian being a believer, being a child of God is difficult, isn't it? Because we, God says, don't do the things that the people of the world are doing. But let me tell you, those are very deceptive. The things in the world, the pleasures of the world are very deceptive, and they, are, they don't last long. But the joy, the pleasure, that the, and the blessings that we have in Christ, they are forever they are for our protection. They are for our well-being. If we just realize that, we will not try to get out of the boundaries which the Lord has laid for us. So that is the reason God wants us to set ourselves apart. He wants us to live holy because He is holy. And there are many blessings when we live a holy life. Uh, the Bible says, Blessed are the pure in heart because they can see God. If we want to see God, if we want to have fellowship with God, we need to live holy lives. So the purpose for which the Lord is asking us to live a sanctified life is that we can be protected from the attacks of the evil one. Uh, in uh, uh, the epistle to Pete, written by Peter, we read that the devil, the evil one, Satan, is roaming around like a roaring lion whom he may devour. So he would like to prey upon us. He wants to uh, weaken our faith. He wants to attack our spiritual lives. And he wants to steal and kill us. That is always the intention and the uh, motive of the evil one. But the Lord Jesus Christ wants to shield us, wants to protect us, and he wants to keep us under his care. So each one of us who are under his care, under his wings, who are living holy lives, are always safe and secure in the hands of the Lord. So this day, 
the Lord's message to each one of us is that he says, sanctify yourself because he has a reason for calling you to sanctify yourself. He wants to do great things, amazing things. He wants to bring great breakthrough in your lives. Uh, we all look forward for that, isn't it? And it's not going to be too long, he says, if you sanctify yourself, if we repent and if we come close to the Lord, tomorrow itself, it, you, the, there won't be any delay, there won't be any gap. The moment that we genuinely, with all our heart and with all our soul, when we pray, when we come close to the Lord and we connect with the Lord, De uh, blessings will no longer be delayed. The very next day, in no time, very soon, you are going to see your breakthrough. You are going to inherit the blessing which the Lord has in store for you. May the Lord bless these words and uh, uh, may his anointing be upon each one of us. May God bless each one of you. Thank you for giving us this time. Thank you.